And this is Movie Night Madness. Madness. I just thought I'd um, join in on the end there. Good, good. Well, <laughs> last week you did it, the week before I did it, and this week we kind of both did it. Maybe next week we'll do it in tandem again. Maybe. Like, we'll like just, in, the day, in the days of old. Yeah, just those long, long days ago when we were on the same page. So, <laughs> when, when, oh, when, okay, I don't know if you listeners ever made a podcast before, but when you try, there's a lot of tricks you can do to try to sync up so it sounds like you're saying something at the same time. One of the ways is to actually say it at the same time, which is harder than it might sound like. Um, other ways are technological, and none of it really worked the way we wanted it to. No, you no, didn't did really, not. you didn't really, they didn't really need to know that. No, but you know. It's facts about us and the process that we go through to make this particular yeah. podcast. Are you guys glad that you now know how the sausage is made? <laughs> you, I you, never wanted you, to know how sausage <laughs> was made. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody did. Um, <laughs> it's it's gross. Yeah. Um, so this week we're we're gonna cover Brightburn. Uh, yep. We're gonna we're gonna get to that right away here. We're gonna do our usual. Uh, other stuff that we, we like to talk about because we, we you know we want to it's not that we're trying to be a comprehensive one-stop shop but we both of us find things every week that interest us and if we're not going to talk to each other about it or to you then to who yeah we can't keep this inside we can't just keep our opinions to ourselves like no who does that who keeps 20, their opinions 20, to themselves <laughs> in 2019 hey <laughs> 2k19 no just be glad we're not taking pictures of our opinions on putting them on Instagram because we can do that. Not me, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait a sec. Opinions aren't dogs. <laughs> My dog is an opinion all of himself. Uh, that, you know, that could be interesting. Some kind of like uh, weird like performance art where you take animals or any kind of physical object really and use it as a way to express an opinion. Like My, a stapler that is anti-abortion or a fax machine that uh, is a transhumanist. Nice. Yeah. I used to so follow could, this Instagram account that my friend did and i can't remember what it was called now but she used to discuss politics on it and it would just be her cat holding a sign about his opinion on a that, particular topic and it was pretty funny. That's pretty good. I That's so interesting that it's a cat because... I was at uh, a little pop-up Etsy sale right around my birthday, um, and they this this young woman or it might have been a couple of people. They were making these little tiny, I guess they're porcelain cats, and they had like these little holes where their paws are, so you could put little signs in them. <laughs> and they had some signs with two toothpicks, you know. Aww. Yeah, they were that. little pieces of paper held with toothpicks, and they're like little signs. They're all political signs too. <laughs> yeah. I need one. I need one in my life immediately. They were really overpriced. <laughs> like like $35 or something like that for one of these little cats. And uh, I was like, nah, come on. I can make one of those. That's Etsy and, for you there. Yeah, I know. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Um, all right. So last week I talked a whole lot about John Wick 3. Uh, man, I listened to that episode and it was just... 
<laughs> I was just like on a tear. I had my my cornflakes that day. So just just know, listeners, that I didn't rope Sam into this so I could listen to myself talk and have somebody else do it. So nominally, I'm talking to someone. I can tell myself <laughs> that when I go to bed at night. I, I really just had a lot to say. Yeah. Um, this week, I'll try to keep it a little bit more on the on the equal side because I you know I don't want to talk all the time. My voice gets tired too. I'm a mortal man. Um, no, that's not going to happen though. Pro- yeah, probably not. Uh, I just have so much to say. It's <laughs> bursting out of me. I'm like a tentacle monster. Anyway. That's uh, why I'm here, man. I'm just here as an ear and an occasional like input just to keep you going. That's yeah. This is the Evan show. I'm You're just like my foil. Or no. I'm, a, I'm essentially the producer of the Evan show. I just keep you keep you going in one direction and to just give you new things to talk about. So this is almost the, our show is like breaking the fourth wall. Uh, it's like it's you know it's like uh you're a producer who's like part of the show and yeah, exactly are the audience the listener part of the show or not like they can't they can't tell they don't know i'm the carl pilkington of the show oh yeah carl pilkington. <laughs> you're not as dumb as carl pilkington though no not as no. dumb i mean Close who them. is who is <laughs> he's he's not dumb he's just i know special. he's it's like a character he plays but it, that, that character is is super dumb yeah. So, just, ki- yeah. kids, if you don't know who Carl Pink, P- Pilk, God damn it, Carl Pilkington is, he's a bald-headed little man who Ricky <laughs> Gervais made like famous. Like a fucking orange. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Gervais made him famous some years back with a podcast. They turned it into an animated show. It used to be on HBO. It was super funny. Back when Ricky Gervais was pretty funny. Um, you yeah. know. Yeah, and then they made him do a travel show where they just sent him to like... Oh, yeah. Like, the most random parts of the world and just made him do stupid shit and he was just not happy about any of it. And I never, yeah, he's sort of like this funny, miserable clown. Yeah. You know, he's like, the, he's like the clown when the makeup is off and the wig is off and the nose is <laughs> off and just like what the clown does like when he's clocked out. That's what Carl Pilkington is. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's me by, by that's you. proxy. Yeah. By proxy. Okay, yeah, right. We, we started talking about him by, by associating you to him somehow. Uh, is it just that you guys are both British? That could be, that yeah, could maybe. be where, where that came from. Um, well, whatever. This is now a Carl Pilkington fan appreciation podcast. Because I'm it bringing back is. the joke where we, where we say it's a different podcast seven times an episode. Well, I say you know, that I, I decided to switch gears because it is really meta. This podcast is meta. We're breaking yep. the fourth wall. Yep. Producer on the air. Woohoo. It's just Back what I've always you, wanted to be. <laughs> um, so this is going to pass for our check-in section where we usually just talk about whatever's been going on that week. I don't yeah. really have anything besides this nonsense, so. No. No, me neither. Okay. Well, uh, I, I want to try something a little different with the booster pack this week. How about you do our booster pack sound effect? Okay. Let me think of a voice. <clears throat> okay. I'm preparing. Okay. Booster pack. That's pretty good. That that is the voice that I hear every time I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> it's just me. I've always been there. I'm your conscience. <laughs> oh yeah, you've always been there. Uh, <laughs> staring up at me from the toilet bowl. Whenever <laughs> I would have regrets. <laughs> yep, that was me. That I'm that uh, little spider that's just keeping an eye on you from your bathroom wall. Ah. Uh, you mean spiders? <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, I have thought of something else to say before we actually do our booster pack. So, you know, whatever. Um, okay. we, we nicknamed the house we live in Spider House because nice. it is full of spiders. <laughs> like, it really is. Like, I'm I see a spider every I'm just going to keep it forever. <laughs> what, that, that audio clip? Yeah. That's I'm going to make much. it my text tone. 
too much. <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, man, I had somebody had a text tone of me going, uh, cha-ching. <laughs> I did a bunch of sound effects for a video game project that I was doing, but it was just all my voice. Like, if you selected yes, I'd go, okay. And if you selected no in the game, I'd go, nah. <laughs> it was just, like the most annoying video game ever. It was an old RPG maker game I was making a while back. Nice. But yeah, thanks for thanks for reminding me of that. That was Always that was years ago. Uh, I should send you. I should send it to you. It's it's it has not aged well. It's a very problematic game. Um, so let's uh, let's boost some stuff. What's your boost this week? So my boost this week is a another Netflix show. Just because Netflix is all I watch these days. Uh, but it's called Jailbirds. It's about the Sacramento County Jail here in the U.S. Sacramento is not that far from me, so I um, watched it simply because it's probably people close to my area and i just thought it'd be interesting and it's just the most random show i've ever watched in my entire life like the is girls, it non-fiction yeah it's non-fiction it's about like the the women in the jail and the people right. that go in there and like what they've what they've been put in there for and what they want to do with their lives afterwards and stuff but there are some freaking weird people man like they they have relationships with them the men in the men's side of the jail by emptying oh. the water out of their toilet and then talking to each other through the toilet. <laughs> Wait a minute. We, what? <laughs> we just yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Oh. It's weird. Man. They're just like and, us. Yeah. And then, uh, oh my God, just the haircuts in it as well. Like you sometimes wonder like what these women do, but yeah, just, well, I find it really fascinating. What kind of, what kind of crimes are we talking here? Like uh, what are they, like, what are they, what are they in for? Like, felony charges so um there was one girl that was in for like carjacking another that was in for prostitution uh someone else was in for like i think it was like grievous bodily harm or something like that Jeez. just like drug charges and stuff like that right, just, right yeah a whole mess of things and some of them have been in there for like this is like their fourth visit or something and someone else is in there for the first time and just like they're like in the literally the first episode there's this girl who is uh, brought in she's just been arrested and she's wearing like these fluffy bunny slippers and she's having a laugh and a joke with everyone about how she just jacks this car uh and everything and then when she realized that her bail was going to be a hundred grand and that no one was there to support her and now she was going to have to go to jail because she's got a felony charge on her thing you just saw like her go from like the ultimate high of doing something she knew she wasn't supposed to do to be like oh shit what the fuck have i just done with my life and just have that whole realization of like, there's no one there for her now. And she's still, and then she starts crying towards the cameras. Like, I just wanted to be a vet. I've always wanted to be a vet. And it's just like, well, why did you go jack a car then, you stupid bitch? Like, so is grip. this show, so, so what's the appeal for you? Is it like Schadenfreude? Like you enjoy their, their, their suffering and misery because you're, you're evil? Or is it more like a just like, it's like a car wreck. You can't look away from it, even though it's horrible. Like yeah, it's, it's the, kind of like that. It's kind of like okay. a car wreck. And then it's also kind of like <laughs> a warning for myself that now I'm in the US. If I happen to oh. do something that's like a felony, this is where I'm going to end up if they don't kick me out of the country. So it's kind of like that. If I ever think to myself, oh, maybe I should just go steal a car or something. Not that I ever would, but if do, I, in case you, I did. Do you have thoughts like that sometimes? Sometimes, like just for the fun of it. But I would never act on them. Just, you know, those mm. impulse thoughts that you get. I used to okay. be really bad for like when I like this is going deep now, but into like in the depths of my depression, I used to be really bad for when I was driving to work, thinking about driving into oncoming traffic, like them oh, okay. sort of dark thoughts. So, like when you're standing there. on a high place and you're kind of like 
what if I just stepped off and it kind of, you kind of want to at the same time that horrifies you that you kind of want to. There's yeah. like a, probably a French word for that or something. Cause there's probably. a French word for every weird feeling. Um, it's a very, very transient kind of thing. Yeah. So, so like, uh, all right, what, what is the, what is a crime? Well, I guess I can't ask you to tell me about a crime you committed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was thinking, I don't think I've ever committed a crime, to be honest. No, everybody's committed a crime, whether it's like uh, piracy or, or speeding or something like that. I mean, um, yeah, I've sped. I'm always speeding. Like, well, I was back home. Not so much here. <laughs> I don't I really was, drive that uh, much here. I was drunk and disorderly once. I got, I got put in a drunk tank overnight one time. <laughs> That's the most in trouble with the law that I've been. Oh, I don't. I lie. I I once had to do an, a police interview because I got punched in the face at a pub. But that was because a friend of mine got into a fight with this really drunk dude and I didn't want him to fight. So I got in between the two of them and the drunk dude decided that because I was in the middle of them that I wanted to be punched too. So he punched me in the face and then I knocked him on his ass. And then oh, okay. the so police turned up and say. were like, you're fighting in the streets. But really, it was just me like telling this guy to fuck off. Yeah, you're like a victim. Like, like it's not the same thing. You didn't, you didn't do crimes. I was gonna say, like, did you go to, did you follow him home later and, you know, like, I don't know, stab him a couple of times. Well, I was okay. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. That's a pretty specific. No, I, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Don't drop any details. This is being um, okay. So, so this show, Jailbirds. So it's like fascinating in spite of itself, sort of thing. Like it's like other reality TV where it's kind of like. These people are awful and this is awful, but it's awful this even exists, but somehow it's still like really watchable. Like, is that the feel? Yeah, it's just like really entertaining just to okay. watch and just be like, just get to know these women because like some of them have just like made really bad choices in their lives and they're just, they're good people. It's just, they've been forced into these situations and this is where they've ended up and they know they're getting the help they need to get back to where they need to be in the future. And then other people are still kind of like, on this journey of like they've stumbled into this life and now they're kind of realizing that they need to make some changes um so it, i kind of i guess that i kind of enjoyed like the rehabilitation side of it as well as just like enjoying watching whatever it is that's happening in front of me yeah so it's kind it's, of like a, a real orange is the new black sort of deal yes exactly okay. it's, right. it's, it's a real life orange is the new black Oh, okay. Com complete okay. with lesbians and stuff, so. Complete with lesbians and stuff. You heard yep. it here, guys. 13-year-old <laughs> boys listening to this podcast, if you got the parental locks on your on your parents' Netflix, watch <laughs> watch Jailbirds. You might learn something. Yep. All about I that. probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but <laughs> Maybe not. But I remember yeah. the lengths that I went to to see girls kissing girls when I was 13, so. Oh, yeah. I used to, like... I'm going to tell you a really bad story here. I know we said we were going to go short to week, this week, but uh, I've got to tell you the story. Like right. when I was All like right. 11, I really wanted to know about sex and stuff. So I waited mm -hmm. for like my mom and dad to go out and I went into my dad's like study uh, and he had his computer in there. Your dad had a study, like an actual study? He did, yeah. Wow. He's, a, he's an author, so he was writing books. I at didn't the time. know that. Okay, yeah. that, we'll table that for now, but I want to know more about that later. Okay, okay. Uh, keep telling the story. Sorry. Yeah, so... I really wanted to know about sex and stuff. So I just literally went into his room. I opened up like Internet Explorer as it was at the time and was like sex.com and just went to the website and it brought up like this like hardcore porn site. And like I, my mind was blown. Like there was all these like naked women like all over the page. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was like, like 
scrolling around, finding all these videos and stuff. And then I heard my mum and dad come back in the house. So I was like, oh shit, no, they can't know. They can't know. So I tried to close all the windows, but it was the time when all the pop-ups still happened. So the computer crashed, like with the page open, with all these pop-ups open, like all over the place. And I was like, oh crap. So I like ran out of the room <laughs> and left it. Well, just left it there. So obviously my da- then my dad went in there and he obviously knew someone had been on his computer, but he's like- It was time let- for the talk. He never mentioned it. Like he's never mentioned it. But like a couple of days later, I went in to get him for like, I can't remember what I wanted to get him for. It may have been like to say goodnight or something. And I like opened the door without knocking and he was on the website, like looking at the videos that I'd looked at. And I just, I remember looking at him and just quickly backing out of the room. Like I didn't see anything. It's fine. I'm just going to go to bed. Oh, that's good. And And that's the story of how I discovered sex at 11 years old. Oh my God. (laughs) That makes me wonder about like, like, you know, my daughter's 15 and I, and I got to wonder how she learned about things. And I, I really hope it wasn't on my computer. Um, cause I never <laughs> would know, you know, like I'm pretty good at like, uh, well, not pretty good. This is getting, this is getting a little too, <laughs> I would say this, I'll say this. I, I am not, it's not like if you, if, like I, my, my computer's most organized part of my life. Uh, if, if you want to find something specific on my computer, you better know which like, metaphorically speaking which aisle it's in because uh there's just <laughs> nothing like it's all de- it's all organized into folders not like and, and tabs yeah. and bookmarks and shit and like my other the other parts of my life aren't like that at all so if my daughter was on my computer looking up stuff i would know i'd find it right yeah but if she was looking for anything that i'd seen never in a million years would she know it <laughs> so, just so let's just hope way. you don't watch some really weird shit otherwise she's gonna be on weird shit as well well, I mean, I'm like everyone else. Like, uh, everything that's weird that I think is weird is only, like, three or four clicks away, right? Yeah, um, true. <laughs> so you can, you can find yourself in strange territory pretty quickly just about anywhere on the internet. And never that's mind, true. like, porn as a subject, like, or sex as a subject. There's, you know, like, if you want to know about weird medical history or something like that, the weirdest <laughs> stuff, the stuff that's beyond the pale that you can't personally handle, you're too squeamish for it, is three or four clicks away. Uh, yeah. that's the internet for you. The, the rule 34 thing is like a big part of that. But like, yeah. I would almost say there's like a rule about everything weird in general, which is that it's three clicks away, three <laughs> degrees of separation, the weirdest shit the internet has to offer. We're yeah. all just like separated from it by a very thin barrier yep. of habit. It doesn't take much. Yeah. It just takes a <laughs> break in your habit or the wrong pop-up. Um, but yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's a good story. I, I want to <laughs> know more about your dad, but I guess we should move on. We should, um, yeah. The story I or the story the boost I have <laughs> is is about moms, not not dads. Um, Netflix, yes. uh, like you said, is like the only place to watch anything. You said it's the only place you watch anything, but it's really the only place anybody watches anything, and that's just True. The, the dystopian times in which we live. Um, yeah. I watched a dystopian movie appropriately enough called I Am Mother. Mm. yeah it was it's a sci-fi movie i think it was a international co-production um between australia and the u.s and maybe canada um it has hillary swank in it and rose burns voice uh and yeah and and so hillary swank being in it is kind of good she's not in it much but she's not in a lot these days and a while back she was like a high caliber oscar actress right so it's kind of interesting it adds a little bit of like a a mystique i guess to this movie for her to pop up into it um (laughs) She, 
she's good. Like the movie, the movie itself, I should say, is good. Um, Netflix has a reputation, sometimes deserved, sometimes not, of just dumping random crap, especially their sh their sci-fi genre stuff. It's all like supposed to be like kind of low or middle in quality. The movies that no one else wants. Um, yeah. I would say a lot of them are mediocre, but not necessarily outright bad. Outright bad, we're talking like maybe. Uh, well, the Cloverfield Paradox is outright bad. Maybe Bird Box could be a bad, like, exa like an, an example of a bad Netflix sci-fi movie. But I didn't think yeah. that one was too terrible. It was stupid, but not, like, impossible to watch. Io is on the mediocre side. Uh, Arc is an older one that nobody's seen. It's really good. So, I mean, they, they come and go is the point. Um, yeah. But I Am Mother is one of the good ones. So they okay. had Weta Workshop make all the robots and special effects. And uh, it's not a special effects heavy movie, but it's the kind that when you need to see like a, a, an apocalyptic landscape or a robot, uh, it, it doesn't hold back. Okay. And one of the main characters is a robot and it's a very realistic design, very believable on screen, moves in a very believable way. Uh, every little thing um, that they could think of, they did. And so, like, it, that, that really helps sell the movie. But the other thing that's really great about it is, uh, and why I'm boosting it, is that while you're watching it, it's really fun to watch with people because, especially sci-fi people, people who know their tropes, because you can come up with a lot of different theories while you're watching it about whatever trope or, or gimmick they're going for. And yeah. a lot of those theories are, are, are uh, they're not disappointing. It's not like you're calling the movie 20 minutes in and then you're just like, well, fuck it. it you know, it, it shows the most lazy and boring way to be, say, a bad robot movie or okay. a technology is bad. Don't play God type movie. Right. What was yeah. cool about this one is I, I had like three or four theories that I was running with right until about the halfway, three quarters way through point. And more than one turned out to be correct, which is okay. complex because <laughs> the movie is. And yeah. I was pretty pleased with how it all turned out. And well, it's a lot good. darker than I expected, too, even though okay. it's a pretty dark movie. Um, so I recommend that one. It's one that people who like the kind of movie you're going to check out anyway. But I, I think a lot of people should watch it because it, it does talk a lot about, like, it, uh, the meta level of it, the, the subtle, um, no, none of those are the words I want, the subtext. The subtext of it is about motherhood. And uh, in, in some kind of, like, really, I wouldn't say physical exactly, but kind of, like, essentialist sort of ways, like women can be mothers what does it mean to be a mother in a physical sense like to birth a child or not birth a child but it also yeah. has to do with like like nurture and and wh whether that like whether you can really raise somebody the way that you want to okay but i don't want to say i'm trying talking around spoilers here so i don't want to say more <laughs> than that. what's the basic plot line of it so okay okay yeah i probably should say that it's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> um so it's a a young woman is raised in a bunker by a robot and one day, and she's led to believe that there's no humans left but her, and that eventually the robot will, will raise more humans because they have a bunch of embryo samples. And okay. so the girl kind of like lives with the robot, treats her like a mother, calls her mother, and uh, gets taught things and takes tests, and, and a lot of the tests and, and, and teachings are ethical. So it's okay. about ethics, which is really cool for me to see. I have a philosophy background, and I know my Kantian ethics when I see it. <laughs> and the movie name drops that stuff, which not a lot of movies would even try that because they wouldn't assume the audience would have any idea who Immanuel Kant is. Um, right. So, like, they, they do a little bit of that stuff. And then this woman shows up, a wastelander <laughs> of some kind, right? And then that throws everything that the young girl knows to the wind. Oh, okay. Yeah, that and so really she has cool. to figure out who to trust and what to believe. 
Oh. And it's not as straightforward as it seems. And the trailer does a really good job of like setting that up. Like it looks like it's going to be one way, like a way that we've all seen before. Oh, the robot's a liar and, and the robots are the bad guys. And then the trailer lets you know that it might not be that simple. And then okay. the movie plays with that. Um, I guess the only other thing I would say about it is that uh, the main character, uh, the young woman, um, her name, the actress's name, let me just look it up real quick. Because she was phenomenal. And it's not just... It's not just her. Uh, let's see. Her name is uh, Clara Rugard, or Rugard, maybe. She's not really been in anything else that I know about. Uh, maybe a couple of things here and there. Uh, not, not Kind of just getting started in her career. And she was fantastic. And it wasn't just her performance, which was good, but the writing. So she's a character who's brave, smart, self-reliant. You watch her figure out... Uh, through like science and just observation, uh, her way out of a lot of problems. So she's kind of a cool role model for young women who are interested in getting into engineering and science because she kind of sciences her way out of problems a little bit. Okay. And it's kind of cool to watch because it's clever, you know? It's not like um, dumb movie science like an alien movie might have. It's like yeah. legit, you know? That's awesome. At, le at least it looks legit. Maybe it's not. Uh, an engineer <laughs> could tell me. A, a mansplaining man engineer, no doubt. But... Uh, Anyway, it's, it's a, yeah, so do I. I know more engineers than I should. Uh, it's a everybody knows more engineers than they should probably, but um, it's a good True. movie. So okay. I hope people check it out. I I'm definitely gonna check it out. It sounds right up my street. Yeah, we say alley in Canada, but I like street better. Alleys, <laughs> alleys are scary. They are. Streets are open and full of people. Yeah, and, and if you're in the right place, they're 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 cute and cobbled. True, and I would know. You would know, being yeah. from the right uh. place. <laughs> uh, that's such a good voice. I think oh, I'm going to hire you to like narrate my entire life just with that voice. I'm going to play with different voices as much as I can because I don't get that. I do that all the time at home, but it's just goofs. I just goof around and make Catherine laugh. I don't really get to like put it, put it out there or have fun with it. Um, oh, man, you should. Uh, maybe. Uh, so speaking of which, uh, in a world of news and rumors. I love Evan it. and Sam <laughs> were trying to do a podcast and kept getting sidetracked by random events. Mm -hmm. Then one day, uh, <laughs> Love, Death, and Robots got renewed <laughs> for a second season. <laughs> and we were very happy about this news. I know I am. I freaking love that show. I'm so excited that it's going to be renewed for a second season. I am ready. My body is ready for for new Love, Death, and Robots. Is your body though? Dong in my life. Is your body ready to be contained in a fluid sack uh, that you think is a spaceship, and then the whole time you're actually the the, the like uh, the uh, oh, fuck, what's the word? God damn, the prisoner, not the prisoner really, but the guest, uh, I guess. None of these are the words. Captive. captive. Yes, captive yeah. was the word I wanted. Hostage. The captive of a giant <laughs> alien spider. Fuck. I mean, I ruined my whole bit there. You live in the spider house, so if anyone's oh, yeah, going to be captive shit. by a giant spider in space, it's going to be you. And I'm just a well, figment of your imagination. That's which fair. Fits in, actually, if the psychic giant spiders are trying to make their presence known eventually on this planet or the surface world or whatever, uh, they would maybe try to feel you out this way by seeing what your opinion is of spiders. True. Right? True. Through yeah. me, their spider vessel. Yeah. 
It's like oh Spider-Man or something, but way grosser and with much more mind control. Ma man spider. Yeah, man spider. <laughs> I am man spider. Are you a man spider? Or Spider-Man. No. Uh, That's no. trademarked. Fuck. It is. Fuck. I think man spider is too, though. Probably. Probably. Uh, Everything is. Arachnoman? Arachnoman. That's actually pretty good. Trademark that. Okay, let me and see if it's a thing They first. found out that it's a thing already. <laughs> um, so yeah, Love, Death, and Robots did well enough on Netflix to be renewed and not cancelled. So another reputation Netflix kind of deserves now is cancelling things um, based on their, their, their metrics, which nobody really knows. They don't publish... Uh, this is one of the things that pisses me off, like I was talking about last week about people, or every week really, about people kind of like really jumping the gun and running with rumors and, and kind of a, a very incomplete understanding of, of uh, how this stuff works or, or what's true when websites or bloggers or YouTubers report on it. So Netflix doesn't tell anybody really how well a show or a movie they have is doing. Um, no. Their metrics are a mystery, right? So when they cancel something, most people assume it's because not enough people were watching it. Um, and that's probably the case. So yeah. we can kind of safely assume that, but sometimes they'll cancel something that seemed really popular or they won't cancel something that nobody you know watches. So it's kind of still mysterious. But Love, Death, and Robots did well. It's renewed. Um, hopefully they'll get a bunch of a slightly more varied, less rednecks and robots, please, next time. There's like three <laughs> episodes that were about that. Uh, I'd rather get, get a little wilder, you know? Give me more of the like, the, like space fish. From yes. uh, the one where they float into the sky or whatever. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That was a cool one. Mm-hmm. That was really good. That was some, like, waking life, like, weird shit. Um, I guess we both kind of follow, like, video game stuff. So this week True. is E3. Um, maybe we can talk about E3 just a little bit. Uh, just kind of some reaction stuff. Um, are you... Let's, let's try this. Is there anything that came out of E3 that you're, like, super duper excited for? I mean, my my reaction to to E three at the moment is, oh my god, a Keanu Reeves! Ah, oh, yeah, see, yeah, because I, like I love that. Keanu Reeves. I but, like Keanu Reeves, but look, man, I don't know about you. I think I think you probably were always a true believer, a true uh, Keanuian or something. We'll yes. we'll make up a term for our fan club later. But okay. I've loved Keanu Reeves since like forever, since Speed. Like I've always oh, liked yeah. him. Point Break, Speed. Like I, I and I used to defend him. Because I was a big Matrix diehard. Like, the Matrix movies were my Star Wars. Snap. I even liked... The, yeah, I even liked the sequels, man. And I would use, defend those movies all the time. And I'd defend Keanu Reeves because everybody said he was a bad actor. Like, he's a piece of wood or whatever, right? And it's funny because one of his all-time worst performances is in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I oh, never yeah. watched that movie until this year. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never seen it. So oh, I always God. thought he was pretty good. Limited, but good. And I knew there were a lot, there are lots of actors that are, that are that are limited. Like you can't see them doing any just any kind of role. And there's some that are more versatile. Uh, and then there's just cultural biases about what we what we think is good acting and stuff too, right? Yeah. Um, or what we think uh, what, what what kind of performance is that we think is like Oscar worthy or whatever it is. And Keanu Reeves isn't really one of those kind of actors and never was. But I've always liked him. So same. Here's here's the rub though. I should be overjoyed that everyone else is finally catching on, but I'm kind of annoyed by it. Do you want to protect him? Do you want to well, keep his indie credentials? No, it's that people still aren't watching the stuff that he's really stretching in. Like, we talked about Bad Batch once, and I was surprised that you had seen it. Um, Destination Wedding was the other one. You hadn't seen that, but that nobody fucking watched that movie. 
And it's like where, it, like, you know, this idea that Keanu Reeves is basically John Wick, that's the whole thing they're doing with Cyberpunk 2077. It's just like, oh yeah, you like you guys like John Wick? John Wick's got a new movie in theaters. Here's Keanu Reeves to sell our game that we definitely don't need help selling because yeah. it's the most anticipated game for the last five fucking years that we've known it existed. Yeah, exactly. So it felt a little try-hard to me in a way. Um, I like that everybody likes Keanu Reeves, but I don't want him to be a joke. And he's also kind of getting overexposed. He's even in Toy Story 4 for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's true. Can- and so, Canada's uh, you know, greatest stuntman. Yeah, <laughs> which is good. I, I, I like when people remember he's Canadian. I do like that. <laughs> but uh, but so, yeah, I mean, I love Keanu Reeves and this doesn't make me like him less. But I, I, CD Projekt Red has been kind of they're they're kind of they're, they're bending over backwards for the wrong for the wrong fans, I think, with their with their whole marketing campaign now with that game, because a lot of people yeah. who remember the old cyberpunk game, they really don't want uh, the, the video game to be what they call watered down PC bullshit because the original game was made in the eighties when it was okay to say cock sucking or faggot or something, right? Like it was okay yeah. to say these words. Nobody would, was going to call you out. You weren't going to get like in trouble for it. And those words were never okay. They always hurt people. I'm sorry to have said them, but I wanted to be clear about what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they're really, like, it might be a little bit me being sensitive to this kind of thing, but it seems to me that the trailers since that first big one they put out have been kind of emphasizing these elements to try to like convince people, don't worry, this game is going to be super edgy, grimdark for 13 year olds still, you know, yeah. like, and I just don't care, you know, like to me, it'd be more, it'd be more impressive if they didn't resort to like the really cheap iconography of like mature. Because I've always yeah. had a problem with how I like, especially dudes think maturity and adult and like cool is all about tits, blood, guts, swearing, and like being harsh on minorities, you know? Yeah. And like, and so I, I kind of don't dig that. I do. Don't get me wrong, listeners. Before the hate mail comes in, I think the game looks fantastic. Cyberpunk is like my genre, going back to childhood to Johnny Mnemonic. Speaking of Keanu Reeves and another movie we've seen. <laughs> And um, wow. he's so good. That's a, <laughs> yeah, uh, cyberpunk is kind of his genre too. So I sort of it makes sense in a way to get him in there. So it's I have complicated feelings about this. It's not like I'm saying fuck this game, fuck CD Projekt Red, fuck Keanu Reeves. My opinions generally aren't that cut and dried. I you like, just, I just don't want to see Keanu hurt. That's, that's that's the real reason. You you, you are, love him so much. You just I've don't want to see him hurt. For like eight minutes, it feels like it probably was more like four or even two. <laughs> and you you were right, right all along. You know, you said it at the <laughs> beginning of this whole speech and you're still right. Yeah, I just don't want Keanu Reeves to get hurt by all this nonsense that's happening in the culture. Um, that's fair. Uh, what else from E3? Anything? Did you? Um, I've heard there's a new Zelda game out coming yeah, out, which just, would they're doing be a sequel interesting. To Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I'm not really up to date with anything else that's happened at E3. It's like on my list of things to read through. Like a couple of my friends um, from another podcast, um, Scaryish, if anyone wants to listen to them, um, uh, they they got invite last minute invites to E3 because they know someone oh, who's awesome. doing a stall there. So they yeah. will, they're they're there at, as we speak, like listening. Oh, to well, all they'll the have all kinds of stories. Yeah, so I'm go- I'm gonna wait to get the scoop as soon as they come back. <laughs> A big takeaway for me, um, just in a general sense, is that it feels like this is the E3 dominated by games that have been on everybody's radar for years. You know, like we've yeah. known about Cyberpunk for years. Um, there's the, the Final Fantasy VII remake that was first announced like 
a million years ago. Yeah. And, you know, every year they they show up with another trailer that's barely different than the other ones, and they try to impress everybody. Um, Fallout 76 adding human NPCs is kind of a joke, but that whole No one game, cares about Fallout yeah. 76. Like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Yeah. I bought that game. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought I, about I, it, and then immediately put it, it back on the shelf. It's my kind of game, honestly. Like, I like the type of game that it is. But it's not uh, a very good version of that. Like, I'd rather play, like, like I don't know. Um, there's a lot of better ones. We'll just put it that way. I can yeah. name a whole pile of them. Like, Ark <laughs> or Conan Exiles are all better, kind of, than, than Fallout yeah. 76. Um, at being that type of game. Although I love Fallout 4. A lot of, it has a lot of haters, but I love Fallout 4. So for a little while, at least, 76 was kind of fun to play. But I'm not really yeah. interested in, in buying any DLC for it. And I'm not interested in their roadmaps and, and their all these companies, but especially Bethesda, taking two fucking years to finish a game now on our yeah. dime, you know? I don't care about Destiny. I don't really care about nope. any Ubisoft games. Um, <laughs> there were not one, but two games about three hardened post-apocalyptic survivor, survivors gunfighting with demons. One's yeah. called Outriders, and the other one's called The Remnant or something. They look exactly the same. I can't tell you what's <laughs> different between them. Um, I, yeah, so I don't want to do a whole rundown on everything, but Cyberpunk 2077 is, is definitely one to be excited about uh, yeah. still, you know. Uh, we now know when it's coming out, which is a big deal. It's coming out next year. A lot of the movie or games, sorry, that are being shown in E3 right now are uh, coming out first quarter next year. And that's usually the case. Uh, yeah. E3 will show you some, like the games that are going to come out within a year. It's always going to be this time next year, essentially. Right. So that's kind of good because this year we had yeah. a really stacked first quarter. Like there were, there were good games every month, you know, yeah. uh, Sekiro, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Days Gone was a big one. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of exciting. Um, Frostborn, Monster Hunter World coming out in the fall. Excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I love Monster Hunter World. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders, a game I'm finally getting into now, uh, <laughs> has a sequel coming down the pipe. That's coming out in July. That was shown at E3, though, because it's, wow. been, it's been out in Japan for a while, but they showed it like, oh, we translated it. It's done. Here's a trailer for the Americans uh, at E3, <laughs> I think. Oh. Just leave it in Japanese and release it with subtitles. But here's, here's the game I'm most excited for, and I'm pretty sure that they... Sony didn't go to E3, I don't think, and they, they did a bunch of marketing right around the same time. Uh, and they they mar they did a, an eight-minute-long trailer for Death Stranding, and okay. that is the game I am most excited for at this point. Mm. It just Tell looks, me a bit about it. You don't know? You've never heard of it? No. Holy shit. It's got Norman Reedus. It's got a bunch of actors in it, but Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, Guillermo del Toro is, is in it as well. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn plays a role. Um, this French actress from Blue is the Warmest Color, whose name is Leah Sato. Sa oh, I can never, yes. I can't pronounce I her like name, her. but yeah. yeah, she's excellent. So the, the, this game has all these actors playing parts in it, mocapped and stuff. And it's a very bizarre, you just got to go watch the eight minute long trailer. Okay. Uh, there's like a couple of them. Go go watch like a super cut of all the marketing for this game. And then we'll talk about it next week. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll Sounds see good. if we can figure out what it's about. Because <laughs> um, no one really knows right now. So I'll, anyway, I'll on that immediately. that's our E3 coverage. We, we were going to try to keep this episode around an hour, but that's not going to happen. Um, nope. <laughs> and this isn't real E3 coverage. Like you should have like, listen, like if you got, if you wish we would talk about something more, there's so much stuff on YouTube. That's where I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of cliffs noting the things that I've been watching the last <laughs> couple days and uh, whatever, man. Yeah. We like, we like video games over here in theory. So yeah. Um, so let's uh let's get into it let's, let's are we is it time i think it's time is it, i'm okay. nervous 
Oh yeah, you should. I fucking hate, I hated this movie. Um, so <laughs> we're okay. We're we're talking about *Brightburn* this week, and and this will be the first time that we've disagreed really about a movie uh, while we've been doing this. So this is episode yep. six or seven, and uh, I think seven. I'm lost. I don't know. Maybe. Fuck. I've been keeping. I had been keeping count, but I don't remember if this is six or seven. I think anyway, it might whatever. Be six. Maybe. Uh, it's six or seven. If it's six, it's kind of appropriate because two more sixes and, and we got basically this this movie's whole uh, this whole movie's whole thing. You know, six 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 the devil. That's not a good joke. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, Brightburn. It's the movie yeah. about the Superman that goes bad, and it it, it should have just been dumped in February, but because two guns not the ones you care about uh wrote it um james gunn produced it because he's related yeah. to these other guns because all guns are related you know uh yeah. and and now we had to watch it in summertime and it got like a marketing push and but the marketing push was basically the whole movie uh more on that later friends and uh <laughs> and so we you know we get it kind of gets treated like a bigger summer release um part of that's the comic book thing too though like so fair play you know it's yeah. it's doing this it's very straightforwardly doing Superman's kid origin story as if he was a horror movie villain. Yes. And that is both cool and they fucked it up, in my opinion. But because yeah. you liked it more than I did, let's let you go for a little bit here. Uh, I'm doing you so many favors. So many. <laughs> no, no, we agreed about this beforehand. It's not, I'm not we being anonymous here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Sam is going to go first and tell us what she liked about it because she liked it. And then I'm going to rant and break my promise to talk less. <laughs> okay. That's right, fine go. because go. you have a rant to do. I do. Okay. So, I mean, I love this film. I came out loving oh, it. Oh, you loved it. Okay. Yeah. I want more of this sort of genre of like superheroes gone bad. Like what happens if like superheroes were bad and they were there to destroy the earth? Like just villains everywhere. I guess it's kind of just like superheroes just following the villain really. But I, I didn't say but, but I like... I like the horror element of it. It's like, t it, I, the reason I liked it so much was because it combines my two favorite genres, which is superheroes and horror. And it brought it together and it gave me loads of gore. Like, hands down. Like, I love that shit. So I was here for it. Yeah. I'm there for it. Um, I enjoyed the acting in it. I enjoyed the story. Um, I agree that there are plot holes and they kind of treat the boy brandon like he's inherently evil and he just turns evil suddenly when he's like 12 or something they kind of treat him like that which i was a little bit like mm, about well, they're not but... they're not consistent with it which yeah. i'll talk about more later <laughs> yeah so there are some inconsistencies in the story i will give it that's that. a good word but, that's a good but word. as a as a just a straight film just watching it I really enjoyed it. I wasn't bored the entire film. Like I was really into it. I didn't even get up and go to the bathroom halfway through like I usually would. Like oh. I was engrossed. Like this is how into it I was. It was like just everything that I wanted. It has some of my favorite actors in it. Um, it's got uh, Elizabeth Banks. So I enjoy everything that she does. I like her. Yeah. 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 She's really funny. She's got great talent. She's got great comedic timing as well. When she's in something funny, she's just a brilliant actress. So I enjoyed everything that she did. Um, I feel like she lost a bet, though, to be in this one. This is, like, way outside of her typical wheelhouse. I think she just wanted to do something different. You're probably um, right. <laughs> I, I, I think um, maybe script-wise she enjoyed it. Um, I think potentially the issues have come about in editing. Um, ah, yeah. 
in putting the film together and there might be scenes in there that would maybe explain some more of the plot holes um but you know as a straight up and i enjoyed the film and i would watch it again and i would probably i'm probably gonna buy it and keep it like that's how much i liked it it was will you tuck it under your pillow and sleep with it under your pillow every night yeah, and then forget that you did that and wake up and then the kid with his creepy mask is on the cover and then you go, ah, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get his symbol tattooed on my forehead. Oh, fucking become, don't do that. Become a true fan. <laughs> name, your kid Bright, name your kid Brightburn. Yeah, exactly. It's what I'm going to do. Ugh. My first child, Brightburn. Brightburn ugh, Miller. Ugh, ugh. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, welcome to the world, wasp child. <laughs> You're never going to meet him. You're just going to immediately just punch him in the face. Like, how no, dare you? No, it won't be his fault. <laughs> It'd be mine, and you're going to punch me yeah. in the face. I'll punch someone, that's for sure. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I'll start punching I mean, myself in the face. Just, to, <laughs> just for just having to, be, to look upon to, him. Yeah, just to be different. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I guess that I'm probably going to agree with some of your points uh, against it. Um, because oh, there yes. certainly are issues with it. I'm not saying that it's perfect in any way. I'm saying that I loved it for what it was and I will accept its flaws because it was just what I wanted to see. And I loved that they were teasing like more potential, more sequels after that. And I would like to see them do it again with another super, well, another like super villain or whatever. Right. And, and maybe fix some of the problems they had in this first film and make it a little bit more coherent maybe um but yeah hands down yeah i well i would I'll speak, not recommend I'll, this film to someone i'll speak to that though like um yeah yeah so you recommend it i, I yeah I, like i mean it's 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 kind of getting middling uh reviews and, and i think the consensus is that it's just another horror movie which is kind yeah. of true um in the end which which is another which is something i'll talk about um so it it's not really lighting the world on fire or anything, but it's I, I think it's doing okay numbers and people kind of like it. Like it's not like it's uh, everybody's talking about how bad it is or anything. Um, yeah. But I don't think we should expect sequels um, set in this universe because for for one really like obvious reason, um, the other characters that it teases Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and the Martian Manhunter they don't have stories from when they were kids like Superman does. Yeah, uh, Batman does. But Batman's origin story of Batman turned bad is a movie we've seen thousands of times. It's just every <laughs> Batman is bad. Well, it's every serial killer movie. Yeah. You know, well, every serial yeah, killer true. movie where the, like like basically American Psycho is if Bruce Wayne grew up and decided to kill people instead of like rescue them. You know, <laughs> um, usually from supervillains he created, by the way. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm not super interested in in that idea only because it's I think it's really thin and I think they had a chance. And this is one of my problems with the movie. They had a chance to really take this premise, this marriage of horror and superhero movie, and make something interesting out of it. Something that transcends its like composite parts and and goes somewhere. But it doesn't do that. It's one of the laziest horror movies I've seen all year. And The Prodigy came out this year. And <laughs> this movie is the same movie as The Prodigy. It's exactly the same movie. Beat for beat, trope for trope. It's pretty much the same thing. The only difference is in The Prodigy, he's the kid is possessed by a ghost murderer. And in this yeah. movie, he's possessed by space wasps. It's like the same <laughs> fucking thing. So my, my biggest first problem with, with Brightburn is it's just lazy. It's yeah. a really lazy movie. Um, if you're going to make an evil kid horror movie, I respect adhering to the tropes. But when you've got like a fucking gangbusters premise, like what if Superman but bad, 
you got to do better than that. I think you got to do better than, than the good son, you know, like, yeah. and, and this movie had me for the first half or so. And then yeah. it just slowly started losing me as I realized that that's all there was going to be to it. But at the yeah. same time on paper, I can see that, that if you're, if you, if you're willing to accept that it, this movie is not going to be anything special, it's just going to be pretty much exactly what it is. Uh, then it can be effective because yeah. you're right. There's lots of gore and there's some effective horror elements in the movie. So I'll give yeah. it that, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I so, went into yeah. it and, and my, I, my, what I thought it was going to be was Superman story, but if he went bad instead of good. And yeah. that's what I got. So I and didn't have much any other exactly expectations. That. So I, I, didn't re- I didn't have expectations going into it. I had expectations that the movie created, you know? Okay, like, yeah partly by by having a story like I, I just couldn't believe that they would be that on the nose that they would just leave it at superman but bad and he's a murderer and he murders people in a kind of generic way um yeah. sometimes not always some of the some of the kills in the movie and some of the stuff that he does are pretty horrific um yes. <laughs> and, and so that's my problem like the premise of the movie is really interesting actually you know uh and, and i just think that if you're like they really fucked up by by being conservative about how far to push it. Instead, yeah. they're just like, we're just going to make a regular old scary kid horror movie. Uh, it's a subgenre of horror movies. We're going to make one of those, and it's just going to have these details. That'll be different. Because yeah. without those different details, it's the same movie as Prodigy, which already came out this year. And yeah. they're, those, they're both part of like a tradition of movies that are in this style, right? Um, yeah. and, and so like the, when I realized that, I started to pay more attention to the writing. And what ends up happening is because you have these characters in a situation with different details, they act way more stupid than you even would expect in a movie like this. It's like a race to the bottom. Everything goes exactly the way you think it's going to. Every trope, every cue is predictable. Like my best example is like, uh, Brandon's origin story, um, pretty much necessitates the idea that he's an alien kid from another planet and he's got superpowers. Maybe necessitates a different reaction to him than if he was possessed by a ghost or was like a sociopath, like, and we need to talk about Kevin or the good son. Yeah. But nobody reacts to him any differently than that, you know? So yeah. that, that, that's an, like another problem with the laziness of the movie is that uh, Elizabeth Banks, she's good in it, but it's crazy mom tropes. Eventually yeah. the movie just gets taken over by her being crazy mom. Honey's little angel, sweet little darling, perfect angel. Like she's yeah. halfway to like covering up his murders. And the yeah. prodigy had the exact same thing. And these movies always relegate women to, this, to these roles. Um, yeah. and the dad overreacts. The dad is the threat to the bond between yeah. the mother and son. And they do exactly the same thing here. I did not buy for a second that the dad was willing to kill the kid over what? Like really circumstantial evidence because yeah. we, the audience know a lot more about what's going on than the characters ever do. Like we, like that's the craziest thing about it. The mom and the dad don't even find out the half of it by the time yeah. they die in this movie. Like they don't even know all the crazy shit their kid's been doing. You know, we do, yeah. but they don't. So there's a sort of tonal mismatch where you're watching them try to figure out how to deal with him and whether he's still got anything in them worth saving. And the audience yeah. knows from like 20 minutes in that, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Whatever's going on with him, there's no coming back. But the movie forgets that it does that. So they're really inconsistent with it. At some points, especially in the last scene, we're supposed to kind of feel some sympathy for Brandon. But I'm like, oh. How? Well, oh, yeah, like, I mean, he's I thought we were supposed it. to hate him, but oh, I don't know. He's, I, I, I think the movie is using cinematic language through Elizabeth Banks, where she's like cradling his face and he's like, I want to do good. And he's crying. He doesn't kill her right away. Right. Oh. It's almost like there's some small shred of good in him. And then she ruins it by trying to kill him. Like his face has betrayal on it. 
and we're supposed to feel something for that. And yeah. uh, I don't, because most of the movie is really just, an, like the crazy kid the, or the creepy kid subgenre is actually mostly, I think, on a psychological level, about letting parents off the hook for the fucked up shit their kids do. Like, I think that's, like, all horror movies have some kind of psychological release that they're doing. It's why we like them so much. And I think yeah. that's the one for this subgenre. It's really to let the parents off the hook, you know? And yeah. maybe let kids know that no matter how bad they think the creepy kid down the hall is, there's always worse, right? But, um, yeah, so, like, in, th in this movie, uh, I do think they try to get you to, they, they use the same kind of scenes that we've seen before where the sociopathic bad evil kid tries to get some last-minute sympathy or maybe maybe there's good in them after all, like Darth Vader or something. But yeah. this kid has like murdered and mutilated a number of women, and he mostly targets women. He's a little proto incel, yeah. and be because of the way the movie treats him, I think it's it becomes sort of ugly and nasty. Like they're enjoying the, the writers are enjoying the premise, they're enjoying the, the 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 sort of nastiness of the horror elements, which is all good. But along the way, they forgot that there's no moral perspective in this movie as a result. Like yeah. none. And that, that's a problem for a movie like this. Like, what, are the, what is the audience supposed to think about Brandon and what he does? And the fact that he wins and kills everyone and gets away with it. Like, yeah. what, what are you supposed to take away from that? Like, especially because, like, you know, they do the other trope where he kind of gets bullied at school and he takes it out on the kids. But he deserves, like, the, the reaction he gets from the girl. He shows yeah. up in her room. And yeah. the, the boy who bullies him barely bullies him. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know what the, like, I don't know, like, the, that scene just felt strange for that reason, where the kid says something about some reaction, and, all, and he's looking around, waiting for the other kids to laugh, and they kind of do, and then, like, yeah. Brandon is embarrassed, but I'm just like, if I was, Brad, like, who, that's, that's a very lame attempt to, like, make me, make the kid feel bad, but, yeah. uh, that scene is really about, I, I've heard people say, I'm kind of going to switch gears here, I've heard people say that they don't really... The, a plot hole in the movie is like, well, what is Brandon really? Like, what's going on? But the movie flat out fucking tells you. When Brandon gives his little speech about wasps, that is what, yeah. that is it. That's, the, that's yeah. the backstory. That's exactly what's happening here. He's just a space wasp. That's yeah. what it is. The, the aliens <laughs> that send him to Earth are, are doing the same thing that the wasps he's fascinated by do. That's yeah. all of it. That's all the explanation you're ever going to get. Uh, the end. Yeah. It's one of those movies. Um, and yeah. that's, a, that's another trope that I find really annoying in horror movies. When one character has a random, seemingly off-the-cuff explanation for the supernatural events that are happening, uh, or a very perfectly placed kind of analogy, and then that yeah. ends up being the explanation. It's supposed yeah. to, like, some people think that's economical storytelling, but I think it's the laziest shit in the world. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I hated all that. All that stuff's lazy. Um, yeah. and, and there's a, there's a problem with, with like the premise again. So like if it's a supernatural, like one of the cool things with the prodigy, one of the few good things with that movie is the mom really tries to understand what's going on with her kid. Like to the yeah. extent where she goes and visits psychics and like believes it in this yeah. movie, there's no attempt whatsoever to try to understand what Brandon really is and what he can do. Like yeah. the, the parents kind of are blithely unaware at the extent of what their kid can do. Yeah. You know, like, like they just don't even like try to understand it you know so yeah. they're, they're surprised by it all right up to the end which is a really weird it's hard to this is the other problem it's hard to sympathize with the parents as a result and in a horror yeah. movie you, you usually want to sympathize with someone but the parents are so stupid by the third act that all the sympathy that that denim and um or denman sorry and banks have built up by being slightly better than average versions of the characters that they are because they yeah. were pretty good in the early parts of the movie i believe that they're good but flawed parents you know what I yeah. mean? 
Like, they seem like cool parents, kind of. They seem like they really care about the kid. There's a lot of good interactions with the kid, etc. Um, and they're both, like, like, you know, she wears, like, band shirts and she paints. Like, they have an inner life. The movie, like, yeah. lets them have that. Um, but they just get rendered stupid by the plot. Like, it happens in so many poor horror movies by the end that it, I just don't care about them anymore. Yeah. When it's kind ki- of that trope of, like, a mother's love will drive you crazy. Kind of. Yeah. Like, she just goes along with it and then... Uh, doesn't matter how bad Brandon gets, she still thinks he's a good person, which I think I think you would know that yeah. he's not a good person. Have you like, seen We Need to Talk About Kevin? Uh, I've read the book. The movie, I've never read the book, I didn't know there was one, but the movie renders a movie like this obsolete, in my opinion. Like, if, if you watch that movie, it tells this same story uh, on, a, on a, like a thematic level to yeah. such an extent that you don't need, that, that, that movies after, stories after, should be shaped by that. And even leaving aside something more cerebral and dramatic like that movie, Chronicle. Chronicle yes. is the better version of, of Burn, uh, Brightburn. Like everything Brightburn does with Brandon, Chronicle does with, uh, with, its, with Dane DeHaan's character in it and does 10 times better. I believe yeah. that he's tra- traumatized. I believe that he's, uh, he, he gets to a point where he starts lashing out and seeing himself as a superior being. I believe it. And, I, and it becomes a tragedy in the end that he has to be stopped and, and can't be reasoned with. And yeah. in Brightburn, there's no vestige of that. It's just, he just becomes a force of nature. Like, there's just, you know, he just becomes a plot device. And yeah. Chronicle is an actual story, uh, even though it's pretty tropey too, and, and really is kind of a Superman origin story in its own right, or at least superhero origin story with a lot of tropes that we, re- we recognize from that. Yeah. Uh, it still manages to be a story. Brightburn doesn't, it just feels like kind of wanky to me. Yeah. I will say that the deaths in it. Mm-hmm. Were, brutal? Well, well, they were brutal, but mm-hmm. they kind of didn't make a lot of sense with the plot because. How do you mean? Well, the first lady. Well, when he first starts getting when she when well, let me start again. Right. <laughs> when his mother finds right. the pictures under his bed and he's looking at like medical diagrams of like inside human bodies and stuff, and then you find out later that the first lady that he actually kills the little girl's Mom, mother, er- Erica. He, yeah. Yeah, he actually, like, dissects her. Yeah, and you see yeah. that later on. So he was interested in human biology and was learning. But then it seems like after that, he just kind of, like, goes off on one and just decides to kill random people. Well, and yeah. then, And then um, the one death that really did confuse me was um, he goes round to his aunt's house because mm-hmm. um, she's going to report him to the police or something for being a little psychopath. So he goes round and he's like hanging out in her in her apartment in her house, and then his uncle comes home. So he decides to kill his uncle instead of his aunt, but his uncle hasn't really done anything other than I'm going to take you home. Like, and he, he I just leaves his aunt. She's like a huge yeah. loose end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just didn't understand. Like that was what in the film. That's like the one part of the film that I was like, what the hell? Like because like yeah. you said, every other one of his victims up to this point has been a woman. Like mm-hmm. he's really hating on women, and then all of a sudden he's just like, I hate you, uncle. I'm gonna freaking smash your car into the ground and i get that it's kind of a it's a throwback to um a a superman comic i think there's a scene in one of the comics that's of superman where there's like almost exactly the same setup but superman saves the person or something yeah he doesn't brutally murder his uncle (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, Um, and i just didn't i didn't really understand that bit the fact that he goes off so 
exponentially on everyone else because it seems like when it first starts happening that he's kind of like a sleeper agent for the aliens and they just want to find now that he's mature enough right that they want to find more out about humans and that makes sense to me but then it's kind of like he gets all the powers and he just turns into a psychopath well he starts saying that, that yeah he has that chant take the world which is really stupid and he yeah. and he like you know what i mean and they have this language he speaks and he and he basically acts like a possessed kid like it, yeah. it's the same thing like this movie could have started its life as a movie about an alien like it would be the same movie if it was a ghost instead of superman it really would be in almost yeah. every way and like that's really annoying um to me yeah. but like uh you know because like here's the thing about 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 the women thing so like he dissects that woman um and it's like yeah he victimizes primarily women and at first i was on board with the movie because i thought it was kind of a takedown i was like oh okay this is a takedown of those creepy woman hating kids that are like really really weird about the girls in their classes and the yeah. women around them they, they get really like like proto incels right and at first i thought the movie was going to be a takedown of that but it doesn't stay the course it has too much yeah. fun with the splatter and with the kid tearing shit up to remember yeah. that it's supposed to have a moral point of view and it's like one it tries to have both ways one minute brandon is like we're unrepentant and he's a monster and he's being possessed by this alien force the next minute he's trying to maintain appearances in a way i don't understand like why does he care if his parents find out what he's been up to yeah why is he so (laughs) right and he ends up doing that anyway why would he want to prevent that if he's not part human still and then he tearfully reconciles or kind of tearfully reconciles with his mom and we're supposed to kind of sympathize with him or believe that he cares at least and it's just completely unearned it's a completely unearned moment yeah i kind of felt that that scene was more about him being manipulative that he was trying to manipulate his mother into believing that he was a good person on the inside rather than because i think at that point for me he'd gone too far there was no comic there was no redeeming features about him yeah he went too far away earlier in the movie like what like the fact that what he does is so vile and then they try to pull these scenes off where he's sort of supposed to look somewhat tragic yeah like the, the real problem is that we don't know what his inner thought process is like because the movie presents us with too much confusing information. One yeah. bit is that he's possessed seemingly, um, or like there's some kind of like sleeper cell or sleeper agent code that's like activated in his head and now he's not really him anymore. Um, yeah. and then it shows that that's maybe a conflict that he's having, but it never really re- resolves that or sticks to that. So it's, it's just too confusing for them to, for, for us to walk away understanding whatever Brennan's motivations were at any given point besides yeah. take the world, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I just don't buy it. And I think the movie would have been t- like, even if they, if they, if they hadn't been as creative as I wish they had been and they would have aped Chronicle more, I would have been happy with that because Chronicle does such a, like I said, a much better job, not endorsing what the bad kid does, but showing how like there's empathy how- that we could have, you know? Yeah. Kind of shows his journey to how he got there. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, and because it has a character that fights. Path. Yeah. And, and it has a character that fights the bad kid. So it has a moral perspective through that character. Yeah. That character is, is, it has to form a perspective in conflict with, with the tragic bad kid. In this movie, there isn't any foil, which it didn't really need one, but it was agonizing watching the, the, the police chief guy put together the symbols that he had seen at two different crime scenes. You know, like that was just an agonizing scene to watch. Like, it was just so stupid. Um, yeah. So I just, I kind of hated all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like the movie yeah. just has a bunch of bad, like kind of gross implications. No moral perspective whatsoever. And that that's all kind of like sucky. I just wanted it to be more than it was. Yeah. It was a, it was a flimsy. The words come right out of my head. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of like a flimsy. It's a it's a thin film. There's not a lot to it. It kind yeah. of takes you from A to B, and there's kind of kind of some story elements on there and the, in in the middle. But there's not there's not a, it's not a lot of flesh to it. There's not a lot of backstory. There's not a lot of and, and sometimes that's a good thing. Minimalism isn't necessarily a bad thing. But this movie isn't really minimalistic. It's just no. It's just it, paint by numbers. Yeah, it kind of needed it needed more for it to be perfect. I think, or you know, even good. You know. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah. Well, I, I would you would I can you see say points? And I do could, understand. Could, it's kind of a B movie, right? Like that's that's sort of yeah. what we're getting at. Like it's just that, um, like I believed the masquerade that it wasn't a B movie, maybe, and you kind of maybe saw it as a B movie all the way along, and so yeah. you felt like it was maybe being more honest with you than I thought it was. So it ended up you ended up liking it for in spite of like basically like meeting it halfway, where I'm like yeah. kind of like. The only way I could like this movie is if I like completely like abandon critical thinking because the critical thinking for me just activated like way too early in the movie, you know, like yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I guess I, I, I guess just I just it differently. Yeah, and I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, then there's stuff I liked. You know, this isn't like a movie where I would judge another person's taste by it. Um, there's stuff I liked. Like, uh, I, I would. Okay, here's the thing: if you love the movie but you couldn't acknowledge its weird misogyny and its weird lack of a moral perspective. Uh, how it kind of rewards or, or glorifies this creepy fucking incel kid. If you couldn't, yeah. if you if you were like like no no no, you know, um, like how some people would defend Batman, for instance. You don't. You're always, you, you like Batman, but you're always like Batman's crazy. Um, yeah. So if you were if you were gonna do that, then we might argue with about it a little bit more fervently. Yeah. But but like so, all I ask is that if you're gonna like a movie like Brightburn, you gotta see. <laughs> it's, you gotta see its ethical like, yeah. implications and like be able I, to like you know yeah I fully acknowledge that it has its ethic and moral problems and that's all plot I ask. isn't brilliant and there are holes in it all over yeah. the shop but yeah. I just just watching it straight up without even thinking about it it was great I enjoyed it and that's all I wanted <laughs> I just wanted a film that I could enjoy so uh, I didn't need to think about it too hard you so. gotta think you gotta can't turn your brain off the movies you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta turn that media criticism brain on oh, think about what it's saying to you but th this movie has like horror movies are, are famous for hiding political points of view um, sometimes really clever ones like the Romero uh, Night of the Living Dead movies um, yes but usually what they really are is a reflection of some kind of, like like I said, psychological hang-up that, that we as a culture have, right? Um, yeah. And so they can be kind of trashy and gross as a result. So Brightburn is far from the first example of a horror movie that's got problems like it has. So, like, in all fairness, I will say that. And I like the horror genre, warts and all. So yeah. I just, I guess, like, I just saw Prodigy and then I saw this three months later and they're just not different enough movies. And it's, yeah. that, that's a big problem, I think. But, like, um, whatever. Did you see Prodigy? I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay, well, when you see it, uh, p like, like, see if you agree that, that it, like, it might be different for you. But you might end up liking it better because you saw Brightburn first. Because Prodigy okay. isn't good either. Um, <laughs> it, it isn't. It's a pretty bad movie. Um, yeah. But, but here's the stuff I liked. Because, like, you know, I, I, I had my little rat. I talked about all the problems <laughs> I had with it. But here's the stuff I liked. Let's see if you agree about this stuff. I, okay. I dug the mask. I yep. really thought that his whole look was cool and creepy. I thought yep. the kid was good. And that's really the, the secret to these movies. The creepy yep. kid has to be good. He's The creepy kid's good here. The creepy kid was really good in The Prodigy. And even the kid in uh, Pet Cemetery, a movie neither of us liked that much, she was good too. So she was. Yeah. creepy kid is a big part of it, right? So he's yep. pretty good. Uh, and at the same time, um, 
there is i will say this with a caveat though jackson dunn will have to do more stuff to convince me that he's not just another creepy horror movie white boy who shows up like he's off an assembly line because they do seem to be everywhere um they can find these little white kids to be the creepy boys and, and everything from the babadook to the prodigy to this to the good son like like they're all off a machine and i wonder why so many of these young little boy actors are such such so good at being creeps yeah that's not a probably real criticism, they're, but <laughs> they're on the inside. I, I doubt it. They probably don't even know what that is. I, I think it's more like not the yet. writers, the writers aren't aware of like the fire they're playing with. Like uh, they know that, that it's vile to kill women and to dismember women and mutilate and sexually harass women. They know that. So yeah. they want, they want the audience to see that villainous behavior. So we know that it's a bad guy we're dealing with. But when you, a lot of stuff does this. It, like a lot of stuff, like we'll talk about this in Godzilla. There's a version, a much more large scale version of this problem in, in Godzilla and in the X-Men movies, honestly, um, yeah. where the storyteller forgets while they're showing us how bad and the horrible things that the characters are capable of. They, they, they often, if they try to, they want the characters to still be salvageable in some way. They'll try to circle back to that and they don't always earn it. One of my biggest yeah. problems with Godzilla is I don't give a shit about Vera Farmiga's character at all. She's one of the biggest mass murders in history. Yes. Like, when, when they try to make her a hero in the end, and I'm supposed to care about her family, I'm just like, fuck off. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We'll get into that next week. But the writers of that movie, they forgot that, just like the writers of this one did. They forgot that that in order to care about this guy, we need to see a little bit more uh, of, a, of, a, of a sort of balanced perspective, not... It doesn't have to be really balanced. It should still be skewed. We are talking about a kid who, like, kills people. But something to, like, hang on to. Even if it's in, an, in the form of, a, of, another, of another character, another point of view. That's usually yeah. better. But um, this movie doesn't really have that. Uh, but anyway, I circle back to, to things I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I guess that, I mean, that's it. I really just, like, I thought the kid was good. I thought the gore and, and, and the deaths were creative and cool. Like, I knew what kind of movie I was watching when that glass hits that woman in the eye. Yeah. Like yeah, that made exactly. me wince, and that yeah. it's not easy to make me wince, especially after Green Room. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. But Definitely. but yeah, so so I thought for for what it's worth, the horror elements were pretty effective. You take this movie just as on paper, and you go into it knowing that it doesn't make the most sense. It doesn't really have a very like a very responsible uh, approach to like ethics or its own story. Um, you can pretty much like probably enjoy it. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that's a lot of steam that's running off the premise alone. Like, I really yeah. do think the premise is what carries... It's going to carry most people through the 90 minutes of this movie. They're just going to basically... It's super mad, but bad. That's fucking an awesome idea. And that's pretty much all you need. You just described me to a T. That was well, me yeah. when I heard and, about and, it. I but but like, I mean, okay. you, can, you can admit that, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not <laughs> doing backflips trying to explain to me how I... Or you, you just over, over, like, overthought this part or whatever. Like, it's one of the reasons I like talking about movies with you. Because I get to have my disgustingly <laughs> granular analytical point of view. You don't try to take it away from me. My precious toys. No, my no, toys. <laughs> yeah. They're your opinions, man. You keep them. You, you keep yeah. them in your field of opinions. You'll see that mine field of fucks is barren. So. <laughs> what a roundabout yeah. way to, to lean on the no fucks given trope. <laughs> But yeah, I will say as well that um, one thing that I did think was a bit odd that they did tend to, well, they seem to hinge Brandon turning bad quite heavily on his dad, having a really bad talk with him about sexual feelings and stuff. 
Right. But I didn't really understand how they discovered all this weird stuff in his room, like people in people's insides and stuff. Yeah. Like, hmm, time to have a sexual talk with our son. Like, no, time to get him to a psychologist. Jesus Christ. If I came into my 11-year-old son's room and he has dissected pictures of human yeah. bodies under his bed where he keeps his porn, I'd be like, fucking hey, hell. Hey, we've circled Who right back to three, three clicks away and rule 34 now. Exactly, um, exactly. But, here, but here's the thing about that bit, because like they should have that should have happened earlier in the movie. Like yes. right near the beginning, because that would have been foreshadowing. But yes. like structurally speaking, the script isn't even competent enough to know when where to put these tropes that everybody who's watching the movie can see a mile away. Um, yeah. They don't even know where to put them. And so it feels like a movie made by people who have watched a couple movies just like it and then tried their hand at it. It feels very amateurish, which is part of where it gets its kind of B-movie feel to me. Um, it just doesn't, like, because this is the thing, like, if, if you could put, you could be just as lazy as this movie was, but if you yeah. dot all your I's and you cross all your T's, I am a very happy guy. I don't need movies to be fresh. It always sounds like when somebody starts talking about laziness or repetitive tropes or whatever, even just tropes in general, that they're really complaining about originality, but I'm not. I, I don't think things need to be original. Um, yeah. I, they just need to do what they're doing well, and if they're going to try to get clever or cute, they need to do that well too. It's just a good story is a good story, right? So like, even yeah. if it's a story we've kind of heard before, you don't really ever get tired of hearing a good story. No. So exactly. that's the thing. Um, so to me, Brightburn is just another like kind of B, B horror movie, take it or leave it. You know, there's a lot You'll of definitely them. Leave <laughs> there's it. a lot of them out there. You can you be got... trapped in a room with only Brightburn on DVD for the rest of your natural life and you still wouldn't watch it again. That's how uh, I think I, you feel. I probably would. I don't think, let, let me put it this way. I don't think it's going to end up being the worst movie that I've seen this year, but it's going to be on my True. list. Okay. That yeah, like sense. like easily, right? But like not not necessarily going to be the worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Um I can't think of what what Glass. I think Glass is still the worst movie I've seen all year. It's definitely the movie that made me the angriest. <laughs> I've not seen it yet. But it's still trying to be something, which is more than I can say for this. I mean, it was trying to be a evil superhero movie. Yeah, but that's it. That's nothing. That's that's just what it says on the tin. You know what True. I mean? True. Like that's what I want from a pack of gum. <laughs> you want it to be an evil superhero. Well, I want it to be a pack of gum. I want it to be what it says it is on the, on the package uh, uh, with, okay. with stories. I don't need, like, again, I don't need to be surprised. I don't need originality, but I want them to do something interesting with their really sweet premise. Like think yeah. about it this way. Now nobody can make a version of this premise for like the next like 10 years. You know, mm, nobody yeah. can do a take on this for, for a while now because the, the, these guys flat like they weren't even clever about it the, like not clever but they weren't hiding it the way that like for instance chronicle did um where they where they like didn't really name drop or acknowledge too many visual cues they had more stuff that was a riff on akira than they did on superhero stuff but yeah it still was pretty much the same kind of collection of tropes this movie was flat out in your face this is superman so now nobody can do this again and make a better version of it that is actually about something because this movie isn't about anything it's just about uh, what if Superman but bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's okay, like, yeah. that's a conversation you have with your friends over beers. That's not a movie, you yeah. know? And I'm, I, I, I would bet you money that that's how this movie came to, came to be. It was a conversation, Probably. like a what if scenario, you know? 
probably. And they're like, oh, we've got a famous brother. He'll he'll bankroll this. Well, I really hope that they, they, they like, I mean, they've written some other shit, but none of it's really good. Like, they did Journey to the Center of the Earth, too. You know? Okay. Like, oh, they're, they're not, this might be their first big, like, we're out there, we're trying to make, like, a real Hollywood movie. Um, and I hope they do better next time. I hope they're not just a couple of hacks. Like, <laughs> like you said, maybe some of the stuff that went wrong with this movie... Uh, or it just got cut apart in the editing room, maybe, and, and they, yeah, they maybe. made it as as like shallow as they possibly could because they wanted it to be a ninety minute long movie to get teenagers to go to the theater. Yeah, because when I was Which watching this movie, sense. I was that's what I was thinking about with the moral perspective. Like, you know, t- this is a movie for teenagers, and they're gonna go see this, and the ones that are creepy and picked on, they're gonna identify with this guy. Yeah, you know. If and more people would stop murdering, well, it just it just it, it it's not that, but it affects their moral point of view. It's like the Thanos did nothing wrong. People, it starts as a joke. <laughs> it starts as something we we all like, kind of like, oh, like wouldn't it be funny? But like, then it turns yeah. into like aggression, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like, and I'm not saying Brightburn can be held responsible for any bad things that anybody does because they saw the movie or were influenced by it anyway. It's not really that yeah. simple. It's it's more just about semiotics and like what's what's in the culture and what kind of stories we're telling ourselves and what the moral content of those stories is and what what it means about us that we both tell these stories enjoy these stories all these things right yeah but we can't solve that problem in one podcast no we can try we can try i can talk about it a lot but then somebody will be like, all right, Evan, uh, so I get what you're saying, but like, what are your solutions? And I don't, know. I don't have an answer to that. I don't even know what voice I was doing. So listen to... It sounded like Crash from uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> Shit. Was it Crush? Crash or Crush? One of them. Crash, I think, is the, the turtle, right? Yeah. I should be so lucky to be a permanently stoned turtle. Oh my God. That would be the that best. That would be life. That would be what we want. So uh, we've we've both wrapped up. We're talking about finding Nemo now. So we've both wrapped up with uh, Brightburn. That was less painful than I thought it might be. (laughs) I thought I was I was gonna have to like uh, really work hard to convince you. (laughs) No, no. Like I know there's problems with it, but eh, I enjoy. There's nothing wrong with enjoying things in spite of their problems. That's that's ninety percent of like my favorite movies. Um, So next week, what are we doing? I think we already said kinda. Yeah, uh, Godzilla. King of the Monsters. Godzilla, King of the Monsters is what we are doing next week. Did you... Do we have a haiku for this week? Oh, fuck, yeah, we need a Brightburn haiku. All right, um, <laughs> mine were going to probably be pretty negative. Uh, That's let's fine. Let's see. Okay, Superman, but bad. That's our first line. Okay. Uh, ethically... Ethically... Ethically, ethically, that's four. Ethically, it sucks. <laughs> ethically, that's, that's six. it sucks ass. <laughs> ethically, it sucks ass. <laughs> um, okay, Superman, but bad. Ethically, it sucks ass. Uh, Don't think. No. I will not endorse. I know I'm not going to endorse that. Uh, how about something like what it says? No, it's too many. Uh, uh, don't run. expect very. Oh, shit. Don't expect much, dude. 
<laughs> Don't expect much, dude. Or lower your expect nods to many. Uh, Expectations. That's four. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's Brandon go with. Needs help, man. No. <laughs> I like. I, I like. That's too specific. I like. Okay. What, what do you What do you think? Do you, Do you not like the? Um, uh, no. Lo- let's go with that. Lower. What did I say? Lower. Lower your expectations. No, I could. No. Uh. Cause I, it was something dude. Now I forget what the fuck I said. Uh, don't, don't oh. expect Don't much expect dude. much dude. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, here we go. Um, Superman, uh, but bad. Yeah. Ethically, uh, it ethic- sucks ass. <laughs> ethically, it sucks ass. Don't expect much dude. Okay. Do the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Superman, but bad. Ethically speaking, it sucks ass. Don't expect much, dude. Ethically speaking, is it sucks ass is way too many syllables. Oh shit! Ethically speaking, it sucks ass. Sorry. No, just ethically, it sucks ass. Oh. Ethically is four syllables on its own. It's a big fucking word. But that was your idea. We could have done morally, which True. is just three. Maybe. But let's go with ethically, it sucks ass. Don't <laughs> expect much, dude. Okay. So, right. um, yeah. Next week, Godzilla. Uh, King of Monsters? King and King of Monsters. King of Monsters, and hopefully a better haiku. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we can't they can't all be Detective Pikachu. That was oh, that was pretty good. I know. That's, a, that's probably the best <laughs> one. Our us one was pretty good too. Was, oh, that's true. That was pretty good. Uh what was the our Shazam one was probably really good too. We had three of us on that one. Uh let's not start reminiscing about our, our past <laughs> our haikus. successes. Uh yeah. so, anyway, it, it's been fun. Um uh, yeah. where can we find if you on the internet? Were, no, no, uh, that, this is the next part. This is your email address true. that I can never remember. <laughs> true. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to get in touch with us with your thoughts on Brightburn or anything else, or maybe you've written your own haikus and you want to let us know how much better you are than us, uh, you can get in touch with us at movienightsne at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to find me online for whatever reason, uh, I'm not sure why, I'm on Twitter for Sam underscore at Sam underscore Jane. And I'm also on Instagram where I post pictures of my three legged dog uh, at just base. And uh, where can we find you, Evan? You can find me on Twitter at Evan Todd McCoy. Um, I'm not on there super much, but if you send me a tweet, I will see it. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the only place these days. Yeah. Sweet. In the Twitterverse. So, In the Twitterverse. So, uh, that's, uh, that's it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week, maybe, if you want to talk about God- monsters or something. Uh, you do know what you, you want. Do. You I'm know not your you boss. Do. You know you want to talk about Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> you know, like that. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. God. Yep. Zilla. <laughs> that's how the dude says it. Sweet. Anyway, we'll <laughs> catch you guys next week. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye. Bye.